What is up, everybody? This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Heskett. This is episode 31, and today we have guest Crystal Clardy with us. You're going to love her. She's fucking awesome. She's a good friend of mine. She's an amazing coach, and uh, we met about... It's weird to say, but almost two years ago, uh, time has flown, but we met almost two years ago. She's the fucking best. So she's a former fat kid. This is her words, not mine, but former fat kid who couldn't do the 12 man mile in PE and transitioned to a half marathon runner in her 20s and finally discovered how fucking cool it is to squat and deadlift more than her body weight in her 30s. Through that process, she had a fair share of trying basically every fucking fad diet under the sun, and her goal is to help others who have gone through a similar journey realize that they don't have to do extreme measures in order to live a life that makes them happy and a body that they are proud of. So she is fucking awesome. You're going to love this episode. I don't think I have to do any more introductions for her. Let's get this started. What's up, Crystal? What up, Chris? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Just fabulous. Just, uh, you know, getting all prepared here. Going to do a lot of talking, so I need all the water <laughs> and all the chapstick. All the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm almost out. I didn't refill before, so that could be a mistake, but... Rookie! You just yeah. go fill your water. I'll just entertain the people here. <laughs> no, we'll be good. Okay. All right, Crystal. So obviously you have your own coaching company. We've known each other for close to two years now, believe it or not. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> so much it's, has changed in these two years. I know. Me. It's like, wait, it's almost been two years. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll be what, two years in June? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I signed up with our first mentorship together in April or May, I believe. So yeah. yeah. I think I was May or early June, something like yeah. that. So wild. Insanity. Um, so before you started your own business, you were a group fitness instructor at Orange Theory. Oh. Um, <laughs> what made you change and like start your own thing? Cause you're killing it on your own thing now. Oh, um, thank you. But what, what made you change and leave OTF? Yeah. So I was with OTF for four years. I wrapped up last April and that was, um, really just a culmination of like just burnout working multiple jobs, but also just like not being in alignment with the company and their overall practices and, uh, really what they determined to be best, if you will, for, um, for people when it comes to health and fitness. So, you know, I've been in the fitness industry for just over a decade at this point. Um, and I've done personal training. I've owned my own women's boot camp, and Orange Theory was awesome. And I literally would not be where I'm at today with my business if it weren't for Orange Theory. It taught me so much and it brought me a lot of great people and a lot of networking and ultimately led me to see the missing link with people when it mm -hmm. comes to fitness. Like it's not the fitness. Most of the people that I work with, most, not all, already work out regularly. They have zero problems like getting up, showing up, going to something that gets their, them moving their bodies. But that one hour workout is just so insignificant compared to all the other missing pieces when it comes to recovery, when it comes to nutrition. Um, and those were things that I wasn't necessarily quote unquote allowed to, um, impart my wisdom upon the others at Orange Theory with. So 
So ultimately it was like, cool, if you really think that I can just show up here and continue to watch people break their bodies down by just like team no days off, let's hit all the workouts and let's not optimize how you're taking care of yourself outside of the studio, then I just can't be here anymore. So I left. Yeah, that was uh, the first gym I ever worked at. It was saying like you didn't, it was 30 minute sessions and everything was like, literally like we had to, we set our watches fast um, a minute because if we were behind schedule, our boss would yell at us. Mm -hmm. So everything was down to the very last minute, very last second. So there was no time to talk to anyone about nutrition or recovery or sleep. Like it was get in, get your workout, get out. Mm, Like, hi. So yeah, I was in a similar situation with my first gym job, whereas you can't talk about nutrition and it's like, these people are killing it, but they're not getting results. Right. Right. And that was, that was the issue, right? It's like, I found the missing link for myself. Um, it happened to be during the time that I was at Orange Theory and it happened to be giving up doing Orange Theory myself for my fitness. Um, and so to see like, this was the missing link for me. Holy shit. That's what's wrong with all these people too. Like, again, they have zero problems showing up for a workout. Their commitment is there. Their commitment is in the wrong place. Like they have their priorities so out of whack that they don't understand the the tool of longevity when it comes to appropriate actions in your health and fitness. They just understand the tool of I show up, I kill myself, I kick my ass. Awesome. I'll come back and do it again tomorrow. Yep. Why do you feel like doing like for you giving up OTF was like the missing link? (laughs) Well, so again, been in this industry for about a decade. Um, When I started at Orange Theory, I already felt like the fat coach. Like I am a former fat kid. Like that's my identity. Basically grew up not being able to do the, like the mile in gym class in 12 minutes, hating PE, hating putting on gym clothes, hating getting changed in the locker room. Um, I just was not an active individual. My parents like put me in the little sports and stuff growing up. Like, oh, you do YMCA basketball and whatnot. But it wasn't my thing. Um, I didn't excel in it. We didn't have the money for my parents to like pay for me to do anything like that. So already it was this weird transition in my 20s where all of a sudden I got involved in health and fitness in the first place. And I was doing it all wrong from the get-go. Like I initially lost a significant amount of weight by how? Like running myself into the ground. I literally tracked every calorie going in, every calorie going out, made sure that I was always burning at least as many calories as I was eating every day, doing group fitness classes, running, killing myself for two hours on the elliptical at the gym. Like I just overdid it clearly, as you can tell. Yep. Then like when I got into the fitness space and actually started becoming a trainer and becoming a coach and stuff, like I had backed it off, but I still had a, still had way too much. I was putting in too much effort in the wrong places. I could never like get a true handle on my nutrition. Um, so Again, it was just a really healthy, like binge purge sort of relationship when it came to food and exercise. Like, oh, I fucked up this weekend. I'll just go burn it all off on Monday. Or, oh, yeah, we just went on vacation. I gained 10 pounds. No biggie. I'll go on a cleanse afterwards. Like classic, classic case of yo-yo dieter and, you know, all in or all out. Like I'm doing it 100% or I'm doing nothing at all. And so finally, I actually hired my own nutrition coach, literally March 2020, when the world shut down. So oh, shit. At that point, it was literally like I signed my contract with her and the next week I was unemployed. I worked at Delta Airlines. I was a luggage handler. 
lost my job that week, right? Like they put us, they put us on like, Hey, like just hang out kind of furloughed, but not really (laughs) hang out, come back when we're ready for you. Lost my job there, lost my job at Orange Theory. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to pay this coach hundreds of dollars a month when I have no income? So luckily all of that worked out and everything. But the first thing that she had me do was you're cutting things back, right? Like your calories are too low to support the level of activity that you're doing. You're running yourself into the ground. So even when Orange Theory reopened, she's like, you're not going back to those classes. You're not going back to running because like those are your forms of punishment. And those are the things that, again, you think are going to get you what you're looking for. And they're not. So, you know, we scaled it back. I was doing three workouts a week, just one hour strength training, lifting weights, which whatever, even for me, that was like, Oh, scary. Cause I was so used to working out at least five days a week, mm-hmm. if not seven. Um, and then I wasn't running or doing formal cardio. I was just, Hey, go get your steps in, do, you know, 10 to 12 K. And that was because I was already like such an active person anyway. She couldn't scale me back to like really less than that. Um, but it was scaling back initially I was at like 18 K steps a day. And so we brought, shit. brought it back. Yeah. So it was just really about like, getting in tune with like the nutrition piece, understanding that there wasn't any of this last supper mentality anymore. I didn't have to treat like every occasion of going out. Like it was the last meal I was ever going to have. Right. Really having just a better, healthier relationship with food and realizing it's not scarce. Like we live in a society where we can literally have anything we want, like delivered to our doorstep. If I want to Uber eats great. If I want to go to the store and get it great. Like I'm able to do those things. And for whatever reason, it took working with a professional, weird, weird, <laughs> to teach me that that was what I was doing. That's totally how I was treating it. It was like, well, diet starts over Monday. It's cool. I'll eat all the things. We'll we'll just punish ourselves with exercise. So never went back to Orange Theory as far as workouts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually part of our job description that we were supposed to work out there at least two days a week. And I just didn't. And luckily nobody cared. Like nobody pays attention to what you're doing because the business was such a clusterfuck anyways that they had other things to worry about. Um, but I did go back and do like a couple of workouts during what they term as hell week. Uh, and I realized, holy shit, my body totally responds negatively to these workouts. Like all it took was going back to two workouts. My hunger was elevated. My body wasn't recovering. I was retaining water. I was just like grouchy. I was needing afternoon naps again. And it was like, dope. Like that makes so much sense. I took all this time away, like several months, went back and did it. And it was exactly how I remember it being. I remember all of those symptoms when I was chronically doing those workouts. Took it out of my life. Life's been better ever since. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, I remember when I was doing hit, it was like, and I was like my first ever, like trying to lose body fat. Mm-hmm. It was like three times a week for 15 minutes, not like an hour. <laughs> no, was, I'm like, what? I'm like 15, 20 minutes at top, but it was usually like 10 to 15 minutes, like super hardcore, kill yourself. And then it's like, yeah. all right. And then cool down for like, steady state for another like 10 minutes afterwards like never and now we're in this industry where it's like people are doing an hour of hit of just like destroying and breaking down your body it's ridiculous yeah and it's what they think is hit you and i both know it's not truly it what you just described you doing and what i'm currently doing right now actually i do two times a week right now of 10 minutes of hit with five minutes on the front end five minutes on the back end just like low intensity that's it. That's yeah. giving it all you got. 
you can't give it all you've got for an hour. It's literally impossible. And so to think that you could do that several days a week for an hour on end is just insanity. <laughs> now, um, we did this, the gym I was at before, you're kind of like when you're working in a gym, like business model, you're kind of stuck in the hour model. And we knew like as trainers, like hour isn't ideal for a lot of people, but like everyone wants hit and they want to leave sweaty. So we tried to do things. And one was, uh, implementing like true hit at like the very end. And people are like, that wasn't intense enough. So the second time we did the workout, cause people grabbed weights that were too light. Like, oh, I went and grabbed a 25 pound kettlebell for yeah. kettlebell swings. Like, and we were doing like 20 seconds on 20 seconds off for like five minutes. Like you mm -hmm. should be destroyed. So same person is like, no, go grab the 60. Mm. And now do it. It's like, if you do that, you're going to be on the floor in the puddle of sweat for yeah. in four minutes, five minutes. Yeah all it takes mm. well and i love that you talked about the the finisher if you will right like yeah. we're gonna add this at the end it's just like whatever triggered in my mind how <laughs> everybody thinks like oh wait this always happened at, at orange theory like oh we're gonna do planks at the end right yeah like, we're gonna finish this with ab work and core work and literally in some of the templates that we had to coach at orange theory it'd be like coach's choice like come up with your own core block or whatever and i'm like I hate this because people literally think core work is the solution to them, like getting the abs that they want. I just got done with a client check-in today where homegirl is asking me for more ab and core workouts. And I go, no, you're not getting ab and core workouts. That is not what is going to whittle your waist. What is going to whittle your waist is the things we're already doing, reducing stress, being more active in your day-to-day -day life, dialing in nutrition, right? Like we have to understand that, a finisher for a workout doesn't all of a sudden give you these exponential crazy results, even if you think, oh, the secret to my success is a one minute plank every day. It's it's just not. <laughs> Our workouts are a massive waste of time. Completely. Massive waste of time. Completely. Brace your core doing squats and deadlifts and presses and you'll be great. You'll be awesome. <laughs> I do that shit with uh 2020 during the shutdown, uh, me on, on zoom every day doing the workouts and people are like, we want to do a core finisher. Like, Oh my God. And we would educate you. Like my one, uh, coworker, he's like, okay, so here's two options. Everyone wants to lose weight on this call, right? Yes. Okay. So we can do a hit finisher, a true hit finisher that will actually help you lose weight. Or we can do core, which won't get you closer to your results. What do you want? Everyone core. Seriously. I just explained it will not help you. Core. Cool. We're going to do core. It's a massive waste of time, but we're doing it. No, they don't get it. It's, it's like investing, right? Like yeah. I can turn this $1 into a million dollars, but you're going to have to give it 20 years. Yeah. Or I can give you a thousand dollars right now. I'll take the thousand dollars. Like that's what they're choosing. Literally. They don't want to be a millionaire in 20 years. They want a thousand dollars today so they can go fucking blow it and go to Vegas and whatever. Yeah. You, you could have, I, I love seeing those like reels where people are, this was like when Bitcoin was like worth like $30,000 and it's like, you can get one Bitcoin or a hundred bucks yeah. and people are like hundred dollars. And you see like someone else says a lot of times couples, like the other person, like the, the Bitcoin's worth 30,000. I don't get it. So I just, I can get the hundred dollars, like yeah. $30,000. They'll give us one whole Bitcoin, not a hundred dollars of Bitcoin. People no. don't get it. Well, I mean, it's like that just like for whatever reason always triggers something, but keto, right? Like, yeah. well, I'm going to give up carbs. Okay. 
carbs, great. You give them up and you're going to lose weight. And we, you and I both know the science behind that. We understand why this is a thing. We're like, so, so you really see yourself never eating carbs again. Like really, ever. like that's actually something you can commit to today. You never want to eat a carb ever again. You want to live off of butter and ground beef and bacon. Awesome. Sounds like a blast, <laughs> but you'll yep. lose weight fast. You'll, you'll have a super boring life. I uh, hope you never want kids birthday cake. Hope you never want to go out to eat at restaurants. Nope. And I know, I know one person like out of all the people I've worked with one person who who has committed and she does a keto lifestyle mm. like her life is around it like everything's changed because she does that great i've coached thousands of people one one has been able to do it for longer than like six months yeah the odds are amazing clearly yeah it, clearly. it's such and you know what people don't realize is like carbs are really important for your thyroid function. So I'm going to lose weight. Cool. You're, if you stick with keto long-term, you're not having carbs, which obviously that's part of the name of your company, carbs and consistency. <laughs> uh, you're actually downregulating your thyroid, which is important for your metabolism. So yeah. that uh -huh. makes zero sense why you would pick keto. Yeah, totally. I remember I worked with a guy once. What was he telling me? His wife was going on like a vegan keto diet. And I was like, no, she's not. It's literally impossible. It's literally impossible. It's I've seen one person build out a plan and it's the most restrictive, boring fucking diet I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah. like avocados. Yeah. And it supplements. Like, it's supplements yeah. and avocados. I'm like, so she's like not going to eat fruits and vegetables or anything. Well, yeah. I'm like, what do you think those things are? Those are carbohydrates. Like, they're carbs. I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to do here, but she's not doing whatever you're telling me she's doing. <laughs> so. Well, most people do fake keto anyways. Like they don't test oh, yeah. their ketones. Like when my wife tried keto, um, I support, I was like, I don't think it's the right fit, but we'll, if we are going to do it, you're going to do it right. So she tested like three times a day, uh -huh. the ketone strips, like she was actually in keto ketosis. Right. She got shit for results, but, um, we actually did keto right for her because it was like, if we're going all in, we want to make sure you're actually doing it. Most people aren't willing to do that. Like I'm just eating a high fat, low protein, low carb. Or they're Maybe. buying the products. Yeah. Or you're buying products. Yeah. You're buying the products that are labeled as keto. Like there's literally like the Oro wheat sandwich thins or whatever. They like have those that are keto, right. Or there's keto crackers or keto bars. And it's like the marketing is amazing well the same yeah. thing happened with paleo from back yeah. in like the mid 2000s of like right. paleo started and then it was all the paleo treats like here's your paleo muffin what i don't recall them having those in I, paleo. I, I thought it was supposed to be like i don't know fruit meat and veggies like what now yeah. we have these chalk fat bombs uh -huh. with chocolate covered like coconut or like what the fuck is this bizarre beyond belief beyond belief but yeah i mean Yes, you you were kind of alluding to the fact that like carbs are so important and they are helpful with your thyroid and everything. Yes, we can live without carbs. You literally have to have protein and fat, right? To like continue yep. your life. <laughs> we could live without carbs, but that is a world I don't want to live in. Like no. I would just rather kill myself. Let's be quite fucking honest. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not fun. Well, and there's a difference between surviving and thriving. There you go. For sure. For sure. Like nobody wants to survival mode's not good. Like 
thriving is where we want to be at. That's with carbs. Right. Right. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, so you want to go keto? Great. Oh, but you're still binge drinking. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Alcohol is totally keto. Well, it's a keto wine. Okay, great. Well, let's make a little ultra. It's low carb. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Again, you just, you just don't know what you don't know. So. And that's, that's rough. I mean, <laughs> alcohol, alcohol is, most alcohol is so high in carbs too, that it's going right. to knock you out unless you're paying for like keto wine. And then it's like, right. really? Hmm. Well, why, and you why know, don't you just do something more sustainable? Exactly. Right. Like, how do we just be a little bit more moderate? I mean, I had people, this was a few months back, like asking me about, um, cause I was showing like a seasoning that I was using or something. It's like those kernels seasonings are like popcorn seasonings, oh, yeah, yeah. like salads and stuff. Like my girl, Layla Hormozzi always posts about them. And so somebody messaged me like, Oh, what about like the flavor God seasonings? Blah, blah, blah. I was thinking about testing those out. Cause they don't have all of the like fillers and sugars and X, Y, Z, whatever I go. Cool. They have really great marketing. I remember I almost got sucked into that trap like a decade ago, probably when they first came out on the market. Um, but that is literally the last thing you need to be concerned about. What you need to be concerned about right now is like, could you cut out alcohol? Could you eat more fruits and vegetables and lean protein? Could you eat more single ingredient, real whole foods that like either walked on the earth, grew on the earth, like swam in the ocean, like living things. Could you focus on that kind of stuff first before telling me that like the taco seasoning you're using is bad for you and has too much sugar? No, again, like that is the last thing that I ever want you to be concerned about. Let's look at all these other big blocks. That's the dose makes the poison. It's like, how much sugar are you actually getting out of that? Like what? Two grams. Like you said, maybe we should talk about your binge drinking. Yeah, That'd be great. The eight calories you're getting from the, your seasoning that you coated on chicken breast or um, the half a bottle of wine that yeah. you drank. Yeah. That then led you to go have the late night munchies. Oh yeah. Kids were in bed, right? Like, Oh, the popcorn and the cookies and the cakes and the, the like hiding, right? You're hiding that you're doing all these things and you think it's okay because it's like mommy's medicine, right? Like, oh, we're having wine and this is how I unwind. And mommy wine yeah. culture is so toxic. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I just sent a post that one of our coaching friends had posted last week about alcohol to one of my clients. Cause I'm like, dude, like you're literally trying to make it okay that you're drinking almost 50% of the week, right? Like we don't need to be drinking alcohol three out of seven days per week. No, it's an issue. <laughs> Actually, this is, I'm posting it after we're done recording this. And uh -huh. I went over this in the podcast I that came out today. Um, so when this one comes out, it was last week. Yeah. Um, it's the, what I call the caffeine alcohol trap. Mm -hmm. So basically what it is, is, um, you wake up and you're feeling tired. So you go and grab coffee. Like most people do that. Um, but that's going to spike your cortisol, your stress hormone and adrenaline. So then you go and probably in the afternoon, I don't know about you, but I always need some afternoon caffeine. Um, but a lot of people will go have caffeine in the afternoon as well. Sometimes it's bullshit frappuccinos from Starbucks with 800 calories, but you spike, <laughs> your, yeah, you spike your cortisol and then you're at work, you're stressed out. So you go home, you have no stress management skills. So the first thing you do, you have all this caffeine in your system. You can't relax alcohol. 
cool. Alcohol is the solution. So let's put poison in your body. That's going to spike your cortisol. Alcohol also shuts down REM sleep. So when you go to bed, because alcohol knock you out, but you don't get any deep sleep. So lack of sleep and no deep sleep is a stress on your body. So you wake up groggy. Now you need more caffeine, which spikes your cortisol even more. Now you really need alcohol because now you've probably consumed an extra 300 milligrams of caffeine and you just a cycle. Yeah. Okay. So you need to either tag me or put me on as a collaborator on this post because <laughs> yes, this is very much yes. like what I wanted to relate to this client today. I'm like, I don't care how you want to paint the picture. Like alcohol is not a solution for anything. It is a poison. It is a toxin. It is not doing you any favors whatsoever. Oh, is it a coincidence that your sleep was trash last week and you were buffering 200 calories in your day to squeeze in more alcohol than you have been having, even though you just went through like a dry January and stuff. And again, like if she happens to listen to this girl, you know, I fucking love you. And I'm not trying to call you out. It's just that this is a repeated cycle that I see with so many people. They want it to be okay that they have alcohol. They want to rely on it as a crutch. And like, as Chris just explained, like, we're just relying on too many substances rather than like, what can we actually do to optimize our lifestyle to not need those things? Um, you know, you spoke to having like afternoon caffeine. I actually don't. That's something I got from my coach where we cut my caffeine down. If I have a second cup of coffee, it has to be before 10 a.m. And typically if I have a second cup, it's caffeine, caffeine free anyways, okay. um, just because I don't like to fuck with my sleep. Like I'm very, very into my sleep in my old age. But again, like just painting that picture is so valuable to people. So I'm excited to share that post and yeah. I can't wait for you to put it out. I'll, I'll tag you after this. Um, I just have to cap cut that shit. Yes. <laughs> um, and you can send her the podcast, the one hour podcast where I go over explaining yes, all this stuff. Definitely, um, definitely. I'm excited to catch up on your episodes. But uh, I mean, I like alcohol. Like I've been in that trap, but there's a difference between having the occasional glass of wine or the occasional glass of whiskey or beer that you really enjoy and using it as your stress management skill. Like you have no other way to cope with stress. So you just run to a bottle. Like yeah. not okay. That's really yeah. going to fuck you up long term. Yeah. And that was the issue, right? It's like, she just keeps coming back to like how stressful her job is, which obviously I can relate. Yes. Had a bit of a stressful life as an entrepreneur and literally having nobody but myself to depend on when it comes to my income. And, oh, I have an employee and I, she depends on me to pay her yeah. bills as well. Um, like I get it. I get work stress. Um, but like, we've just got to find other things, right? Because we don't understand the trickle effect that has on everything else, right? Like, when our sleep sucks, everything else sucks. Guess what? Like the biggest disruptor of sleep is that we tend to see it is alcohol. It spikes your yep. heart rate too high. It takes too long to come back down. I can literally go back and look at my aura ring progress oh, and yeah. see when I've had alcohol. Cause those were the days and the nights that my recovery was trash. And then a normal day, beautiful. You know, even, um, I was at one of our nutrition events, the nutrition coaching summit back in October, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Andy Galpin was speaking and he spoke to the fact that like, just like weed fucks up your sleep. And I was like, shit, I've been relying on it a lot. I <laughs> go to bed and popping my edibles before bed, but he's right. Like it was working at one point and now it's not like my sleep has sucked. So then one of our business mentors, uh, JP, he was like, Crystal, how pissed were you when he said that? I'm like, I was so pissed, but he's right. 
right? And that's what it took. So literally ever since then, ever since he like pointed that out to me, I'm like, let's just experiment with it. And yeah, if I have weed before I go to bed, guess what? Not having a great night of sleep. If I don't, usually having a pretty decent night of sleep unless there's other stressors and stuff going on. So just really got to be in tune with your body and understand there's usually a correlation there, whether or not you want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anytime you're using a substance, it's usually, especially if you're relying on a substance, that's not a good place to be. Like you should yeah. be able to get quality sleep without relying on some sort of drug, which is right. weed and alcohol, right. um, which or a lot of people melatonin. do. <laughs> yeah. Melatonin is great for like setting you like if your sleep is all fucked up like you can use it but you shouldn't rely on it like yeah. i have melatonin every day. um yeah you should not be using it every day i have it upstairs and when i need it i need like when i travel out to arizona i will mm-hmm. use it because it helps reset your sleep cycle but um or other times where i just i've been around bright lights for too long i'll use it at night but other than that no i it just kind of sits there Yeah. I used to use it daily again. And it was one of those things that all of a sudden my coach pointed out like, yeah, maybe we don't do that. Like this messes up your body's natural ability to produce melatonin. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) People also use like the highest dose. People Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I'm using uh, like 10 milligrams. If I take more than three milligrams, I'm (laughs) sleep hungover the next day. My wife takes one and a half milligrams. She took, we have three milligram uh, little like lozenges yeah. If she takes more than one and a half milligrams, she is sleep hungover the next morning, like super groggy. Yeah. So it's like, you're taking 10, like you're shutting off your own stuff. And that's why you're waking up at 2 a.m. and can't fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but it's easier than uh, actually, you know, shutting off screens an hour before bed, you know, winding down at night, not being stressed out and being on your phone, looking at everything going wrong in the world. Let's just pop a pill. Pop a pill, like stress yourself out on the phone with the news on and all the other bullshit. And, or you could, you know, just do something like you enjoy and have fun at night and then you'd be relaxed and go fuck to sleep. Totally. My favorite. I love going the fuck to sleep. Oh, it's my jam. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's, it's the best. I can Um, literally sleep anywhere. Just fun fact. (laughs) You can sleep anywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. My husband still gives me shit about it. Like back in the day when I used to be a bit of a partier. Um, so I was like a bartender in my, my prime and all my bartending friends, we would have our after hours parties at somebody's house or something. I would literally just like pass out on a couch in the middle of the party and like wake up the next morning and like, all right, I guess I'm ready to go home. Like I have a, a friend of ours, Marcus, he's this bigger guy. And there's this one instance that I can recall we were at my, um, my boss's house and I woke up the next morning with like my legs in his coat sleeve, like just on a couch in the middle of the living room. Like, Oh, what happened last night? But I can sleep anywhere. Nice. (laughs) That's quite the part trick. Um, So something you brought up, wanted to talk about was finding fitness as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, so for me, again, I sort of went over this earlier. I was, I'm a former fat kid. So I, you know, one of my best friends back in the day, she, we were like 19 and she had her daughter and, uh, she got really fit really fast after having her kid. And so what was she doing? She was like running her ass off, 
Her husband was really into working out and fitness and stuff. They were very much into this like supplement line. And I started getting into that MLM supplement line as mm -hmm. well. And uh, like, just cause I'm like, oh yeah, this energy drink, that sounds great. Cool. And I want to start like working out too. So like um, I started dating my husband, my now husband when I was 23. Uh, so out of college for, you know, almost a year at that point, he's just somebody who, if you look at him, he looks generally fit. He has really good genetics. I do not. <laughs> and so when I started dating him, he was like my first real boyfriend, like somebody that, okay, this could actually potentially be something, even though I was very much like, I'm never getting married. I'm going to be like a sex in the city woman. I'm going to move to the big city and like have all my girlfriends in my clothes. And that's the thing. Um, but I found him or he found me, I don't know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, he deserves something so much better than me. Like I am a piece of shit. Like I've been drinking all the time. I go out to eat for every single meal. Like I didn't know how to cook or anything at this point. Um, and I was just a partier again. Like I was drinking like seven days a week, bartending, elementary school, subbing and stuff like that. I'm actually um, I have an elementary education degree. Yeah, scary. Teachers are always like the craziest part years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I got a DUI when I was like 19 years old. Like shit was not on lock. I was certainly not somebody who took care of myself, I suppose. So date him. Again, he deserves better than this. So I started to like get invested in health and fitness. My girlfriend, like I said, was into running and all this. So I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I'll try a little bit. I'll at least go do cardio at the gym. Then we started going to this woman's boot camp together. And I just like, I pushed, like I actually was getting results from this. And, you know, they were teaching me more about nutrition and stuff, which is something that I didn't grow up knowing anything about. Like cooking in my house did not happen. Um, a typical Tuesday night in my house would be like my mom was at some sort of a meeting or whatever, like with her little groups of friends. My dad would be like, hey, uh, Taco Bell, you fly, I buy. So like I'd go to Taco Bell and get us dinner. And it was just literally every single meal that I ate was fast food of some sort or we were at a restaurant. Um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> all my friends were athletes and everything growing up, but for me, I was the party girl. I worked. I also worked really hard, like great student, <laughs> even, even though I was drunk at all of the events and stuff like that, I got really good grades. I was in student council. Like I was a leader, if you will, just, uh, doing some things I probably wasn't supposed to be doing. Um, definitely wasn't supposed to be doing. So as an adult still like coming out of that party stage, but it was almost easier to like sort of mitigate that because I had started partying, if you will, at age 13. So when you don't take an investment in health and fitness, I think as a kid, and then all of a sudden it's this new thing as an adult and you're like, oh, I can actually be good at this. Oh, I could be like, kind of like my peers were back in the day where, you know, I was getting results and I was getting people that were noticing it. And so I'm getting attention from that. And that felt really good because I wasn't somebody who ever got attention, right? Again, in my 20s, have my first boyfriend. Clearly, I did not get attention growing up unless it was like me hosting a party or something and like everybody would come over to my house or something. So anyways, got into the group fitness with the boot camps. Um, eventually, after doing that for like over a year, they actually were like, hey, would you want to come on and like be one of our coaches? So I started to sort of like intern with them. Well, that was the summer I got married, um, moved to Colorado, and ultimately none, none of that came to fruition, but I did start personal training at a 24-hour fitness down the street just because my husband was like, 
figure out what you want to do, right? You don't want to teach, don't teach, like take this time. And I was really bored. So I got a job, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's like, again, I think that a lot of people want to blame the way they were brought up or their genetics or whatever. And as you could kind of hear from my story, there were a lot of things going against me being somebody who is an active adult or identifies with health and fitness as an adult. And at age 23, it was just like, flip the switch. Cool. I was doing this for him, but really it turned out to be, I did it for me in the end. Um, and I think that's what's wrong with so many people is they initially start for this, this thing that they want to achieve or this person they want to impress or this date that they want to look amazing for rather than realizing that like what we should be focused on is like, how do I want to feel? How do I want this to be a part of my life? How do I want my life to change and benefit? And so that's been like the coolest part about doing coaching is literally seeing all these people that think they're signing up to get some workouts and to get a meal plan. And literally you see all these areas of their lives changing. They're getting out of shitty relationships. They're putting up boundaries with family members that they should have done a long ass time ago. They're literally like getting promotion after promotion at their jobs. Like, and so that for me, again, it's like fitness changed my life. Clearly I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Clearly I am not an elementary school teacher who wants to kill herself anymore. Like, let me be honest. That was like the hardest time of my life was being a, a school teacher. Props to all my teachers out there. I don't know how you guys do it. Um, but like fitness changes your life. And I am somebody who like, I think represents that to the fullest. 100%. I mean, I've had similar situation, like, uh, especially it's crazy where you see uh usually it's women um i'm sure there's stories with guys out there but usually it's women is like they've finally like they get fit they get in shape and finally they get the confidence and the courage to get out of an abusive relationship you're like holy yep. shit like i didn't know this was going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. oh my god okay well that's that's another one that got divorced like it's like a literally a line but it's like wow holy shit, this person's totally changing their lives. And then you, like five years later, they're still like, there's like so much happier and in a better place when you catch up with them. It's That's awesome to see where, or the promotions or anything else going on in their lives where, like you said, I'm just going and signing up for uh, fitness and nutrition. Is like, no, the fuck you aren't. Um, no. One past client of mine, she's now um, in the Pennsylvania state capital, Harrisburg. And she advocates for getting um, wrongfully convicted felons, mm. so they're not actually felons out yeah. of jail. Yeah. So that that's her thing. Like, awesome. She was like not trying to figure out shit to do, but then like she got in shape, she lost weight, she built all this confidence, and now she's like doing this crazy shit and like a massive social advocate. It's like <laughs> she's shit, awesome to see. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, who knows? Maybe she would have gotten there. Yeah, but like. Probably not. And amazing to see how something that we just think is no big deal, again, just has such a huge impact on your life, no matter in ways that you would never dream of. Yeah. And to anyone listening, it's not that we're saying like, we're the reason they did this. No, no. we just provided them a plan and a path and that path took them down that. So yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not no, taking credit for that, but not at all. That's, you know, I'll get responses from clients and messages or check-ins or whatever. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. You've done so much. I'm like, I literally haven't done anything, but I'm so glad that through you showing up and like committing to yourself and following through with commitments that you made to yourself and to me, that you were able to feel empowered by those choices 
And it led to you feeling empowered to make other choices that just benefit you in so many different ways. So it is never because of me. It is never because I have a secret proprietary uh, coaching protocol. It is because you've allowed yourself to be open to seeing what else needs to change in my life, right? Okay, I thought I just needed to eat less food. I thought I just needed to work out more. And then you let me show you, no, you actually need to eat more food. You just need to eat more of this food. No, you actually don't need to work out more. I need you to scale it back a little bit and like use that time that you now have to not be in the gym to work on other things that are going to benefit you in your life. So let's take some of that. And, and again, it's like, I'm just helping you because that's, that's what I get to do. I get to point out those things where I see a space that a void that's being filled by X, Y, or Z. And I get to show you, let's try this instead. And when you're receptive to that, you literally can change your life. Yeah. Because like you said, you start opening other, like going to sleep earlier. So if you were getting four hours of sleep every night and now you're getting seven, like, Oh my God, I'm waking up. I have so much more energy. My recovery from the gym's better. Uh-huh. Um, now you're doing better. Like you're getting so much more done at work that maybe you have more free time or maybe, uh, you're getting like fast tracked on promotion. Cause now you're just doing so much better. Uh-huh. Uh, now you have energy to spend time with your kids or your husband, your wife, or do the hobbies you like to do, like just from getting more fucking sleep. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's wild. Right. And that was even like, when I started working with my nutrition coach and then I eventually told her after several months, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the missing link. This is where I want the trajectory of my career to go. What do I got to do? Well, guess what I was able to do? I was able to bang out uh, another cert, if you will, like after, after having a plethora of other ones, but I was like, this is the one that I need. And so that's going to help me like do the next thing on my career path. And I was able to just like immerse myself in it because I wasn't wasting four hours a day in the gym or like, you know, including my commute and stuff. Like I actually had so much more time on my hands because I didn't feel like I need to go run seven miles a day and do an hour on the step mill and do an hour of lifting weights. Like when you realize like how little the exercise piece has to play in your entirety of like getting results you again have so much more space left for things that can give you results in other parts of your life. <laughs> yep. But even like, like you brought up the commute thing. So one thing I used to do when I had my commute was that was time for podcasts and audiobooks. Yep. Totally. Like, same. Why, why the fuck are you listening to the same 10 songs on the radio on repeat? Like yeah. e- just, even if you took half, like I had a 25 commit minute commute, like mm-hmm. think of that, like that's to and from the gym. That's 50 minutes, an hour a day. So that's a little under an hour, but let's say five hours per week or, you know, over a course of a month, that's going to be close to 20 hours. Like if you just replaced half of that with something educational or something you want to learn about or get better at, or some skill you need to build, like you could spend 10 hours a month doing that Mm -hmm. in time. You're already like in the fucking car instead of listening to whatever i don't listen to the radio so i don't even know what pop songs are my husband's in radio and don't listen to radio (laughs) constantly like next next like all i do basically is listen to podcasts and it's like because i want to feel like i'm actually learning something right so yeah i i have my like very specific playlist which hasn't really changed much since high school when i first built it out for workouts or i listen to podcasts while i'm working out so there you go i listen to podcasts like yeah 
Well, and even coaching at Orange Theory, it was like I constantly had to come up with a new playlist over and over again. So I was like, the last thing I'm doing when I'm not being paid to do this is listen to music. Like, no, I wanted my head was about to explode. It was horrible. (laughs) Fortunately, like in the gym, I like music that we did not play in the gym. So I'm like, okay, great. I don't have to listen to like pop stuff. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh ever again because i'm not because like you said when you listen to that day in and day out you're like oh my god mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like I, w- I would just like silence so yeah people think it's weird that like i work out and i listen to podcasts but i'm like i don't i don't need music every once in a while it's probably literally like once a quarter that i'm like all right just gonna like listen Big. to some bullshit like get hyped up whatever because maybe i'm caught up on like everything that i normally listen to but yeah <laughs> The occasional like day I need to turn it on. Like, okay, today I need a little be amped up a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ugh. Awesome. Well, we're almost at 50 minutes. So yes. um, is there anything else you wanted to go over today, Crystal? Shit, I don't know. You know I could talk to you about shit for forever. I know. We could keep <laughs> That's going the for problem. a long like, time. Oh, we could talk about so many things. We could take so many twists and turns, but I feel like we covered a lot of shit today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm good. Okay, we'll end it here. So where can people find you if they want to follow you, see more of your shit? Yeah, um, mostly just on Instagram. <laughs> My handle is Crystal Caffeine and Carbs. So I know we talked about the caffeine earlier. We talked about the carbs earlier. I'm a girl. <laughs> like, yep. That's my jam. My first job ever. Um, well, no, my first job was a tanning salon. Uh, but after that, my first like long term job was a I was a barista in these little like hut drive throughs, these eight by eight boxes back in Montana. So I have had a coffee addiction for forever, literally since probably like the third grade. <laughs> so find me on Instagram, crystal caffeine and carbs, uh, over on disgusting TikTok, I'm crystal caffeine carbs. So crystal dot caffeine dot carbs. Oh my God. I literally just had like two more comments on that video of mine that has like over a hundred thousand views at this point with people just being like, I don't like your attitude. And so I just comment back, like, imagine going on a stranger's shit and saying something you would never say to their face like hashtag unbothered (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing like imagine imagine you would never go up to somebody and say i don't like your attitude like shut the fuck up so anyways um and then over on facebook it's crystal dawn clarity that's me. I've got a Facebook group over there. Uh, I just changed the name literally this morning. It used to be like the female fat loss formula. It is now just the fat loss and fitness formula for F-O-U-R, Mula. Um, but yeah, it's just me and my awesome assistant coach, Liz, over there, just spreading as much like knowledge as we possibly can. I know you and your team do an amazing job, but obviously the more the merrier. Anybody want to hop in and listen to us rant about group fitness and shit. We do some of that stuff, but I do also want to say I have plenty of clients who still do group fitness. You guys, like I just say, it's not the best optimal thing for long-term results. That doesn't mean that we don't work with people who enjoy group fitness, enjoy the shit out of your group fitness. We'll just tell you whether or not it's uh, hindering your progress. (laughs) And there's a difference between doing it five to seven days a week and maybe doing two to three days. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on.